it is interesting how that manifested into our adult life. And I want our son to like have a lot of creative outlets and to get to try a lot of things. But to the point where like, if you decide that you don't like it anymore, then great, you can move on to the next thing as long as you fulfilled your commitment, mm-hmm. right? That's a really weird like realization that I've been having. I, I love that. <laughs> Welcome to Sincerely Future You, a podcast that helps ambitious women like you make decisions today with the future you in mind. Welcome to Sincerely Future You, episode 205. Today we have a special guest on the show. And I always say that when I bring a guest on the show, because truthfully, this is not an interview podcast. And when I decide to bring someone else on the show, it's because I know that they will speak directly to your soul. So today we have Keisha Get Mary on the show. And I just know you, you're going to love her. Keisha is a life enthusiast, a new mama, a multi-passionate entrepreneur, and a real estate investor. Her podcast, Empower Her, is one of the top-rated personal growth podcasts. It's got over 10 million downloads. And I personally have been a super fan of this show since day one. And she also has an engaged community of women who really connect with her high vibe energy that she brings in this interview today. So through her programs, her events, her retreats, I actually had the pleasure last year of speaking in Denver at her Empower Her Live event. She has helped hundreds of women launch podcasts and thousands of women in the online business space build businesses that they're really obsessed with. Most recently, she and her husband, Sina, have also built a real estate portfolio together of over $5 million in assets, including long-term rentals, mid-term rentals, and luxury Airbnbs. And we talk about the real truth about what it takes behind the scenes as a mom, as a human, as a scattered life enthusiast, what it takes to get really focused to move your business forward without really losing yourself. Cannot wait to dive in. I am so excited. This show is for women who want big lives. And the way that we define that here is threefold. It's creating lots of money. It's Mm -hmm. having lots of time to do and be what we want and how we feel, which to me, a big life, you just feel the most alive, right? It's not necessarily you feel all the good things, but a big life is going to mean just a, a bigger you know, a wavelength of the highs and the lows. Yeah. And so I yeah. knew I was like, as soon as we can get Keisha out of like <laughs> the postpartum phase where you're like, you really shouldn't bother her during this phase. But as soon as we can get her on, we can't. How many? You're, are you out of your fourth trimester officially? So officially he'll be three months on Thursday. So yes, I feel so much different hormonally too. Mm -hmm. And people talk about the fourth trimester, but to be honest with you, Jess, like from the first zero to six weeks, I was saying to my husband, Zena, like behind closed doors, I was like, I think I'm just like, fine. I think I'm great. Like even with the sleep deprivation, I was like, this is really not that hard, but I was running on so much adrenaline. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, I mean, we can dive into this as much as you want to, but after a couple weeks, I started to feel like I have to start doing something again because I'm just not built to be a stay at home mom, like just Mm -hmm. in terms of my personality. Mm -hmm. And then I started doing things again, work-wise, and I just swung the pendulum way too freaking far the other direction, which was tied up in a lot of beliefs 
around that and whatnot too. And I just didn't know how to build a business with a new baby. So it's like I swung this way and then I just had to real swing the other opposite side of the way. And now at the time that we're recording this, we have our first day with our nanny here and I'm finding my balance and doing this in an aligned way. And I'm like buckled up for what is going to be really good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Even just being able to get those like few hours I know we did it when I had Mari when I had Calvin I was just in it with him a hundred percent of the time until he was about two but with Mari Mm -hmm. we were fortunate enough we brought in someone just five hours uh two days a week and even that was like sanity to the max um Mm -hmm. and I know like that's not everybody's uh situation but I think that that is why for us women who are trying to build big lives and big businesses you know if you want a big business the questions around like do we have to pay this pregnancy tax of like do we have to swing it all the way in one direction and then all the way back in order to figure it out I mean to figure it out yes but do we have to live there in that zone where we're like just a mom and then on another day we're just a business owner or can it be all? Yeah. So yeah. To, int- to introduce you more properly on the show, um, yeah. I think that typically we have we have bios, but because of the unique place that you find yourself in in life, I'm wondering if you would just like to introduce yourself kind of fresh start, right? Like day one of a new nanny, you're in yeah. a transition period, a pivot. Give the listeners some context as to who you are and the way that you want to define yourself and what you do yeah. now. Yeah. So I'm Keisha, get married. And I'm really excited to have this conversation. And I just have so much like love and respect for what you're doing and what this podcast is all about. Cause I think it's really important for us to have really honest, raw, real conversations. Um, I've built my business around that. I did the thing that I thought that I was supposed to do at first, which probably a lot of women can connect with. Of I climbed the corporate ladder and I was like, Ooh, yeah, doing all this stuff. Um, but I had this very visceral gut feeling that I was in the wrong lane, but I didn't know what the right lane was. Mm-hmm. I had an idea of wanting to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't really know what that looked like. So my first business, as you know, Jess, um, was in network marketing, which I built a business on the side of my corporate job. My last corporate job was at Google in corporate recruiting. So I did that on the side, um, built up a really large business, got to speak to thousands of women and do, had was making, at the time that I stopped doing it, was making about $350,000 a year. And I really loved it for a season. And then that very visceral gut feeling came up again that was like, this is no longer a aligned. And what was difficult about that time was when I was first working a corporate job, I knew that I wanted to do something else in the entrepreneurial space. And I left in 2015 from Google. Um, But when I had a lot of success by other people's standards in this network marketing Mm -hmm. business, making a lot of money, making had a big team, was making really big Mm -hmm. impact. It was actually pretty easy for me to do what I was doing, but it didn't feel aligned. That was actually scarier because it's the ultimate good to great um, in that capacity. right? And so I decided instead Instead of just jumping, because at the time my husband, my now husband, had just graduated from dental school, we moved to San Diego from New York, and um, he had just started his dental career. And I could tell right away that it wasn't aligned for him. And for context, he's Persian, so he had a lot of this like feeling of like first generation here in the U.S. of like be a doctor, a dentist, mm-hmm. a lawyer, or an engineer. And I think that was in his subconscious like programming that he actually didn't ever really want to be a dentist. And I picked up on that really quickly. It took him a while to like recognize it for himself. Yeah. But when that happened, I 
was like, wait a second, I thought that this was the time that I was going to go do something else outside of what I had done in network marketing. But instead, I like cranked up the volume on that while I then started a podcast on the side, which my show is called Empower Her. I started it at the end of 2018. But part of the reason I started it is because I felt like I wanted to create community and figure out like what I wanted to do next and do it alongside a community of women. And um, what was really cool is that gifted me the opportunity to leave the network marketing side of things. And that turned into a business in itself. As the podcast started to take off, I created courses, helped a lot of podcasters. I've done massive live events. Obviously, you know, Jess, you've been, you spoke at one of our live events and, um, you know, I've gotten to do all of these cool things since that. But in the current moment, I'm now coming out of, like you mentioned, this fourth trimester. Right? I have a three-month-old baby at the time that we're recording this. And it has massively been an identity shift for mm-hmm. me where I'm like, what do I want to do next that feels really aligned? Because I've done all sorts of things in the online space, in my own business. And then my husband and I invest in real estate too. So I'm like, what do I want to do next? And I've really just focused on giving myself some space to get a lot of clarity. And I'm really excited and grateful for a prior version of me yes. since like this podcast is all about future you, right? Yes. A prior version of me that gifted me the opportunity and even the financial space that I could take a break for a second and figure out what I want to do that's actually really aligned, not because I need to do it in order to make income. And woo, does that feel good and scary, right? Because I'm like, I don't even know exactly what's coming next. Do you feel right? that like itch? I know a lot of my listeners can talk about rest as actually so much harder than the producing and the grind and the go. So in that transition, even though you planned for it, you planned to take a step back, you planned to have all of the space. Like who is Keisha? Who are you? Who are these big life getting women when they're not producing? Yeah, that was a mind F for sure. Because I, it was interesting when I stopped, you know, I have my podcast and sponsors on the show and I make income in different ways, but I have a very active business. Meaning like if I don't do the retreat or the event, or I don't do the keynote, or I don't launch the mastermind, or I don't have the zoom calls for the program, then I'm not actively Mm -hmm. making money. But we've been taking all the active income from my business and pouring it into real estate, which is more passive. And my husband's spirit heads all the real estate stuff. So we had intentionally financially done that. But this first quarter of the year, I was like, I'm intentionally not launching things that create income. So who does that make me if I am not someone who's producing as much income as I'm used to producing? And it took me down this really interesting like questions that I was asking myself where I'm like, am I, although I wouldn't consciously recognize it, I'm like, am I tying some of my value to how much money that I'm making? Mm -hmm. And what, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And I actually was like on a walk with my husband and we were talking about this. And I was like, it's so interesting because I know you don't believe that I'm more lovable if I'm making more money. But somewhere along the way, I had this subconscious belief that I created is like, I'm more valuable if I'm making more money. And that valuable piece is like, and I, I knew that I needed to unwrap that and unwire that because I don't actually believe that's true. But it was a very big identity shift when I was like, I'm intentionally not going to be launching. Like I, I literally launched a mastermind that was, and I'm, and I think it's important to talk about numbers too. It was going to make a hundred thousand yeah. dollars and I had to refund everyone that signed up for it because I realized that I proactively did it. And I, there was part of it that I was doing because I thought that I should be doing something at that stage. I was like, hold on, Keisha, you gave yourself this opportunity to have space to be with your first baby, like, like soak it up and like, see what you can learn when you slow down. Mm -hmm. And to your point, Jess, like that was actually, it's so much more comfortable for me to go at a really fast pace. And 
you know, like even the narrative like of, oh, I do so well in chaos. I'm like, I don't want to do well in chaos. Like it's chaotic thank enough having a baby that you don't that. know when he's waking up. Yes. Thank you for saying <laughs> yeah. that. I, I hear my clients. One of the things that I have them unwind all the time is uh, that I operate best when I'm busy. And that like I really I like be I prefer to be busy because and it's like because why? And thinking about yeah. all of the the opportunities and the the life pivots that become like, yes, maybe on a regular Monday through Friday, you operate best when you have like a full um, agenda of things that you're doing, you like to be doing. However, there's a difference between that and thinking that you feel calm in busyness, then how about developing those skills of feeling calm in the space or just the discomfort of what you just said in the first quarter and thank you again for saying like how much you were making at different levels one of the reasons I started this podcast was because I wanted to give more transparency into the behind the scenes of my business into the numbers into the failed launches and the successful launches and I talk about numbers all of the time in fact I email an annual report of my business's numbers every year to like all of my email subscribers because obsessed that if I think about value, about like what I would love to know from you, from my biggest mentors that I look up to, it's like, I want to know, I can tell so much about numbers. Not everybody is that way, but like in the spreadsheets, it's really hard in an influencer centric world to just understand who is really successful in the ways that matter to me. And yes, like you said, there's a balance because the numbers aren't everything. And there are so many different ways to measure success, but it kind of makes me wonder for you, like you've done all the things like by all accounts you do it big when I first met you you were in the fitness coaching space and even before all of the accolades of like empower her podcast has 10 million downloads and your real estate investment business now with your husband has 5 million we're talking about I had to look up what AUM means assets (laughs) under management in 18 months and you posted major live events empower her live that I spoke at last year and you've attracted some heavy hitters too and I want to talk about that a little bit later but uh people like Jamie Kern Lima, who is absolutely yeah. a, an idol of mine, you know, and who, yep, she's amazing. who I witnessed uh, tell you that you remind her of Oprah, who's like one of her friends, not just... Uh. Do you, do you know that I literally almost peed my actual pants? I, well, I was all, I was 34 so, weeks pregnant like, too, excuses. as you know. But I was like, I am going to, when she said that, there were so many pictures of me going, what? <laughs> like you're comparing me to Oprah? She texts me. Like she's just like, she actually yeah. texts me to like ask how I'm doing. I'm like, she's incredible. Yeah, That's no, side tangent. It, all of that to say, right, is like, yeah, it's easy to look at your resume of your career, of all the things that you've done. And you're like, okay, the numbers show that I am finding success in these lanes, but you've also pivoted so many times. And, (laughs) and we've, we have this in common where we talk about how we're like, okay, that phase of my life is now complete. Burn it down onto the next. Right. And how we do that. But strategically, when you're thinking about this next phase, this phase of pivoting into a more spacious 
place where maybe income is coming in more diversified and definitely more passive and figuring out who you are when you're not that active earner. Do you find that this pivot is similar to the pivots that you made in terms of the the questions you were asking yourself before you made the earlier pivots in your life like when you guys moved to New York and you left Google or when you moved to San Diego and you decided to start the podcast so this pivot is an identity shift who the F am I at my actual core the pivot of jumping into motherhood and this season of business is way joltier than I could have ever anticipated just to be really honest the pivots that I've done in my business have actually felt a lot easier easier because I go back to the core questions of like back then me Keisha prior to being mom Keisha in addition mom Keisha <laughs> right would would ask myself okay have I done the thing long enough to determine whether or not I want to continue forward mm. with it because sometimes when we start something new we suck at it and I mean I, basically everything question. I start new I suck at yeah. so it's like have I done it long enough with enough oomph to know that I have like been able to like I'll be able to look back and say I actually showed up and tried the thing because I think when we start something new and we suck at it we don't want to do things that we suck at so we quit proactively never knowing what could have happened if we could have kept putting our reps in so I have to ask myself that have I done it long enough not just long enough in terms of tenure but with enough heart and like in the aligned way am I doing it the way somebody else is doing it even though that's not aligned for me like I really asking yourself and getting honest because you're the only person that actually knows if you're putting your heart into it and people can feel yes. it if you're doing it because you think that you're supposed to do it or you're doing it the way somebody else is doing it because that's what you think you quote unquote should do no 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 how can you do it your way with your twist and then I also always am asking myself am I is what I'm doing now contributing to the vision that I have for my life one year from now or is it taking away from it because we're never like we're never just staying still we're either making progress towards something or we're regressing and the questions that I was asking myself prior to us getting pregnant was like what can I do now to set myself up for a version of me that I don't know who that person is yet right especially with this big shift of motherhood I don't know who that person is yet but what can I do to set her up with optionality which is why we decided to go super hard on real estate where we took all of the active income and just started pouring it into Airbnb and midterm rentals and things that we're doing now because I was like, this version of me one year from now that I don't know, she needs options and she mm-hmm. needs space and everything that she's doing is so active. But let's take advantage of that. So I launched retreat after retreat after retreat, high cash volume type mm-hmm. things that I really loved that were super aligned that I could put my whole heart into and then just drive that money into other things. right? And I'm saying that because I know that this is really important for you and your community to have these transparent conversations about money, but it is the mindset of it. To anyone listening into this, it's like, is what you're doing now getting you closer to where you want to be in a year from now or further from it? And are you willing to make adjustments? Because the interesting thing too is like, I'm also not someone who believes that it's always going to feel aligned where like it's always going to be in flow state or like you're always going to feel great Mm -hmm. doing something like sometimes the grind seasons are required to get it going, but it's not sustainable long term. So when I'm doing something new, it's like, okay, I need to make sure that I'm giving myself time to put the reps in so I can get good so I can like it more (laughs) because when you're better at something, you like it more naturally. But also like I want to make sure that it's contributing to the bigger vision. This transition into motherhood and asking myself 
myself, what do I want to do now is also a very different question because I could work as many hours as I wanted to work before. I've been an entrepreneur for nine years without kids. Mm -hmm. So I never was conflicted. My heart wasn't in two places of like, should I be working or should I be with my child? And like, what do what type of help do I want? And um, I could not have anticipated, to be honest with you, Jess, I really thought I was just going to do things the way that I did it before, but with like a sidekick. (laughs) I was just like, I'm just going to have a really cute half Persian baby with me. Just like, hello, this is my little buddy. And I'm just going to do everything the same. But I don't, I don't feel that way. So now when I'm now, the question that I'm asking myself is like, what is worth it to me in terms of it's going to be fulfilling? There's a good ROI on it. And it's something that I would be proud to develop into the person that can get better at that. And those are the questions that I'm asking myself now. Well, what do I want to do to get better at? Because that's I'm also an example to this little human now. Yeah. You know? Oh, my God. That's so good. I just was sharing on my story. I took my daughter to the park yesterday and I actually had quite a day full of, uh, you know, calls and interviews and whatnot. And then I like to take my daughter to the park like once a day. And yeah. while I was there, I was thinking about I live in a town where it's really um, it's kind of a bit of easy to get what keeping up with the Joneses type deal where all Mm. of the kids are in all of the things. My son's seven now. So it's like, Oh, soccer and baseball and lacrosse and swim and all of the things. Yeah. I'm just thinking about like, if you want to teach your kids that they can do anything and be anything, my favorite way to do that is to just do what I want to do and be what I want to be. As an example, not to just sign them up for all the things and have them so busy that by the time they're my age, they're like, well, I just thrive in busyness and I just need to uh, be in the chaos. And that's how I thrive. It's like if you want to know who you are in space, you kind of need to experience space. And maybe we don't even give those kids enough space to think. It's so interesting, Jess, because my mom was recently here and visiting for a week and I was having this conversation. Oh, so great to have her here. And she's like me, just 20 years older. We were talking about my childhood and what she did that I love so much. Now, as a mom, I'm reflecting back so much more, obviously, on my own childhood where I was encouraged that I like to do anything. Like I did volleyball and dance Mm -hmm. and pageants and soccer and basketball, like literally everything. But at different chunks, like I wasn't it wasn't like I was so, so busy that I was doing all these things at one time. I did it. But I had to commit to the whole season and showing up to the thing that I said that I was going to do. But I was also, it was totally fine for me to quit that thing and just do it one time. For example, one season of soccer, one season of basketball, one season. And I was like, you know what that created in me was this willingness to be brave, to start new things and to try things, but still show up to my commitment. So I'm not flaky, but I'm really open. So I'm like the bravery was rewarded of like, it's so brave of you to try this cheerleading. You've never done cheerleading. Oh, it's so brave of you to try this new thing versus my husband did baseball and it was like, be the best. And and there's no right or wrong way, right. but I'm like, it is interesting how that manifested into our adult life. And I want our son to like have a lot of creative outlets and to get to try a lot of things. But to the point where like, if you decide that you don't like it anymore, then great, you can move on to the next thing as long as you fulfilled your commitment, mm-hmm. right? And that's a really weird like realization that I've been having. Uh, I love that. I mean, it, you're so right. Like as soon as you have kids, all of a sudden it's like whew, this whole lens on your own on your whole past. And when I'm thinking about my future, right, I I talk about on the show the difference between thinking about your future and then building from your 
your past of what's always been versus building Mm. from your future. And it seems Mm. like the answer you gave before about like, is this pivot different? Like, of course it's different. But one of the questions that you were always asking yourself was what does future me require of me now in this season in order to prepare? So like tactically, would you say how much time or effort or do you have a strategy for how much you put into planning for those next seasons versus just jumping in, getting into the suckage and the (laughs) phase where we just got to go through it. I'll answer this more tactically, but it really is a continual mindset. I really focus on trying to be present where my feet Mm -hmm. are. So I'll literally have my feet like in the ground and at least once a day, I'll be asking myself like, what am I so grateful for from a one year prior version of me? Mm -hmm. And what am I doing now to contribute to one year ahead Mm -hmm. of me? And then grounding in the current. Right. So it's always this toggle between one year ahead and one year prior. And the way that I do that from even like a tactical perspective is like, this is dorky, but I've done this every single day since January of 2014, where every time that I brush my teeth, because I brush my teeth every day, even in postpartum season, I still have brushed <laughs> my teeth. You, right? My husband used to Get be it. a dentist. I brush that teeth. <laughs> but we do the full Sonicare rotations because, you know, my husband was a dentist. Naturally. And during in the morning when I brush my teeth, I'm thinking about like what I'm excited about for the day. And I'm priming my brain. I'm a huge believer in positive psychology, which means like you're not responsible for your first thought, but you sure as hell are responsible for your second mm. thought. So that one you have to own. And then that that's the morning. So I'm priming myself to get excited for the day because I want to show up as like an enthusiastic version of myself um, with also giving myself permission to have the contrast of all the emotions, but you get that. <laughs> At the end of the day, when I'm brushing my teeth, I'm thinking about what I'm proud of myself for. And it can't be something that like other people would clap for. For example, I have a very squirrely like ADHD brain. So if I sat down and I wrote copy, I'm like, hey, Keisha, as I'm brushing my teeth, I'm proud of you that you focus on this thing that you often would say that is difficult for you, but you focus and you got it done. Or I'm really proud of you for how you showed up for that conversation or you stood up for yourself. You advocated for yourself in this way. You treated this person really kindly. You wanted to snap at your husband. Instead, you were like, no, and you didn't, right? Whatever that is. So I'm almost like on a continuous basis daily reminding myself to be proud of myself for this current version of me. But when I'm thinking about creating something, I'm playing it out to one year ahead. And I actually only go one year ahead because I've noticed how many pivots I've had in my career thus far that I'm like, if I'm going to start something, I'm like, okay, one year from now, do I think that I'll do this? And do I have enough space to iterate it a few times along the way? Does this make sense for the direction that I want to go? And do I want to get good at the skills that are required to make me great at this thing? So take podcasting, right? For anyone listening that has a podcast, you're going to suck at the beginning. Everybody does. It's just going to be awkward because you're like, especially if you record episodes by yourself, you're just gonna be like, I'm talking to a wall. This is so weird. But I'm like, do I want to get good at the skills of being more articulate, of being able to connect with people more quickly? Do I want to be someone who can have conversations with people from all different backgrounds? Do I want to be someone that can create content where I don't get instant feedback, like Mm. recording a solo episode? Like I love those skills that I want to create. And one year ahead version of me, she's going to benefit from building those skills regardless of if the podcast gets a hundred downloads or a hundred million downloads. So, so when we think about things that way of like a future version of us in one year in terms of the skills required to get great, I'm actually making a 
lot more decisions from that space. And, you know, that's how I've made the decision with events too, even where it's like the connections that the women in my community are making, me showing up as that version of myself. Do I want to continuously get better at speaking and connecting with people in person? Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Do I want to have like these connections that I've built from like speakers that I've had at my event to contribute to a future version of me who has optionality to do things with those speakers? Hell yeah. It almost gives us more skin in the game to show up through the sucky season where you're trying to build the skills because you recognize the gifts that you're giving to her. You won your head. So good. Yeah. Like if I'm thinking about my future self right now, the question that just pops up naturally is like, what's the difference? Like, what is the difference between me and her? And yes, there are skills. And yes, there are like actions and habits that we're taking. And then there's also just like, she thinks slightly different thoughts than I think, Mm. right? And so Mm -hmm. when you were making the leap into podcasting, because I mean, in some ways it's not a big leap, but in terms of definitely in terms of a business and revenue and what it was, like sometimes people come on and they have a podcast forever and they never monetize it or they don't really know how they're going to do it. Like people always ask me to like, how do I get in rooms? Like I know that there are people that have asked me, how did you get on stage with Keisha? Right. Like what? How do I get in rooms with heavy hitters, difference makers? And I'm wondering if that question in itself is flawed or that we're focused on the wrong thing when we're asking it. But what do you think? Can you share what thought you had about you before you started the podcast and started reaching out? And pretty instantly, like within your first 10 episodes, you had some really notable people on your show Mm -hmm. what was the thought you had about you about your mission your podcast or even for the events that helped you not just have the balls to reach out to these people but for them to actually desire to be a part of it oh gosh so many directions I can take this but the first thing is I just decided that the difference between me and someone who's done the thing at a higher level is they've put more reps Mm -hmm. in and that's it I never put people on pedestals and I've helped hundreds of women launch podcasts. And this is, this comes up in every single cohort of women. They're like, okay, but I want to get this person on. I'm like, well, you're telling yourself a story that this person is more valuable, Mm -hmm. is not attainable, is better than you. Like we need to disconnect that because maybe they won't say yes. For example, I've DM'd Oprah so many times and she's never responded to me, but that's okay (laughs) because when she does, I can send her a screenshot of all of these things um, that I've sent her over the years. The first thing was like, what's the worst that can happen? If you ask someone, the answer is no. Okay, great. That's not going to kill me. So I think it's like the perspective first and foremost is like that you believe that you deserve to be connected with anyone that you desire to be connected with and that you add value regardless of your current state mm-hmm. or a tenure in what it is that you're doing. So I'm like, I do believe that I can add value to someone like we'll use the example of Jamie Kern Lima. For those that don't know, she's the founder of It Cosmetics. She's the first female CEO in L'Oreal's history when she sold their company for one point two billion with a B dollars. Yeah. Um, and she's such a a huge advocate for supporting women. She has seen so much more success from a financial perspective in her business than I have. But I still believe that I can add value to Jamie Kern Lima in her life in some capacity. Maybe I don't know exactly how that is, but I do believe that I can. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's almost like level setting your own expectations of like not putting people on different pedestals because they've done something longer or they've seen more success. Okay. I think it's just reps. Secondly, 
actually adding value. So I, a lot of times I get people that will DM me like, Keisha, hey, I see you have a big podcast. I'd love to be on your show. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> I get what? The same like, right. Yeah. You get that. And it's just like, okay, you're not thinking about the lens of like, how can you add value to that person? Right. For example, like I was a huge fan of Jamie Kern Lima before Jamie like said that she would come to my event. And so it's like, I would share stuff. I would share about her book. Like I genuinely like loved supporting her, but also when you see stay in your own lane and you collaborate with people and you support other women and you embody an authentic version of yourself, people can feel it. So for context, I'll use her as an example because I think this is important for people to hear. I had my first event I hosted in um, 2021 and it was 500 women and it was in Phoenix, Arizona. I reached out to Jamie. So Jamie had been on my podcast twice and um, I reached out to her like in her DMs and I knew it was someone on her team that was there. And I asked if they would be willing to donate 500 books for swag bags. I actually didn't think they were going to say yes because I was like, I don't know. That's like a lot of like, that's, you know, $10 a book, like whatever. But instead, her assistant, Sarah, was like, hey, Keisha, we've been watching what you're doing for women in the podcasting space. Like Jamie loved her conversations with you. Could I actually call you real quick and we can chat about this? She calls me and says that Jamie wants to fly and surprise the women in my community um, to come and do a keynote, which she's normally paid six figures for and fly herself there on, might I add, her private jet. (laughs) Um, So I didn't even have to pay for her flight. and surprise the women in my community because she wants to sh- like she wants to support what we're doing. Whoa, right? Like I literally was sobbing. I was so excited, and it was like it was such a validating feeling for me where I'm like, wow, someone who I respect is like saying, hey, I see you. The way that you're showing up, like I'm so proud of you. I want to be part of it. And I think it, the reason that she did that is because she saw that it was real for me, right? Like when you're showing up consistently and you're adding value and you don't care about vanity metrics on like likes on yes. your post and you're just doing what feels aligned for you, there is something about this vibrational energy where yes, she's seen so much more success from a financial perspective in business, but gosh, like you can see it in someone else. I can see it in you, Jess. That's why it's like, please come speak on this. Like for people that are asking, how do you get on people's stages? Like be yourself and get yeah. focused on adding value to your community that people pay attention to it. Like I knew that I wanted you to speak at it because I knew you had a cool perspective, but also I see the value that you add to your community. I'm like, okay, if she's going to add that much value to her community, she's going to do the same thing to mm-hmm. me. Right. And to the women that are in my community. And I want to give her the opportunity to do that because I see like, it's, it's just a mutual, like, vibrational match, even if you're not at the same stage in terms of like your financial success or whatever, insert like me and Jamie. Right. So I guess I think like, yes, maybe the question to your original question. Yes. Maybe the question is flawed, but I think first it's level setting. Number two, getting really focused on doing you rather than worrying about what other, other people are Mm -hmm. doing, because I can't even tell you how many people come to me. Like, how do I get blah, 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 my podcast, or how do I get this person to speak at my event? I'm like, do you, and do it really well. And those people like, and build up your own community. And those people are going to want to connect with you. But also, why don't you connect with everybody around you along the yes. way and bring everybody up together? Like, that's what it's about. Rather than just like this person with this big name, I wasn't trying to put together an event so I could have people like Jamie Kernley must speak at the event. I was doing it because I wanted the women in my community that listened into my show to get to connect with each other. And I was going to do whatever I could to bring the best speakers I could to add value to them. That's it. Ugh. 
and it works and that you know really did translate i mean even as someone who was in the both on stage and in the audience i remember yeah. one thing that you did say and another one of your speakers also reiterated because of course you guys share common values which is why they were yeah. attracted and jamie kern lima wasn't the only like notable name up there on stage like yeah. really vouching for you and the authenticity of your mission uh but one thing that you had said was like after this event i know a lot of you are going to want to connect with the people on on stage but don't miss out on the opportunity to connect to the people right and left of you who are yes. making move now moves now because they're going to be blowing up and then you're going to be trying to connect to them then instead of building yep. these relationships authentically if you're sharing the same mission if you're really doing the things there are so many people out there i i know i loved when during the pandemic john krasinski like did that some good news did you see that thing, yeah, right? yeah 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 to yeah. me the special thing about that is that there's so many just everyday non-recognized like heroes and essentially like really incredible human beings who have so much value to add and they're just yeah. like untapped resources yeah. right and so yeah. starting there I, I think it's such good advice and it is tactical for for those of you who are like okay great so like we were saying is <laughs> I have to wait yeah. a while um and, and but the truth is is that like you were never going to be able to just start a podcast out of nowhere if you hadn't been pouring into the fitness coaching community in a different way and building yeah. those relationships and practicing that and putting yourself in a in a place to elevate people in that way yeah. so that like yes it is one of those things where it just it's the reps and it's yep. the time it's also the calling of your shot right because i think the one thing that i would say has been really helpful for me in building the business to the level that i've built it and giving myself the optionality now which i know is a huge part of like what you guys talk about on this mm -hmm. podcast but it's like i showed up and i put the reps in but i also brought my community along like i pulled back the curtain i was like i don't know the answer to this and here's how i'm figuring out this is what i want to do watch me figure mm -hmm. this out even like with this postpartum journey it's like i mean for some people it would be really embarrassing to launch a program and then refund like thousands and thousands of dollars like i mean a hundred thousand yeah. dollars like refunding yeah. and then i publicly talked yeah. about it on my podcast and on social media why because this is what we need to talk about and what it does is it feels authentic because i feel like i don't have to pretend because yep. i'm like i'm stumbling right now like i'm trying to figure this out like right you know, after this call like i'm gonna have to pump the milk out of my boobs before it like <laughs> leaks onto my jeans i'm in that right now but i think that people can feel when it's real but also if you're gonna share the highs also be willing to share like the tough parts too and and the transitions because people respect that and it creates this rootability within your community where people are down to support you with whatever that is and it's because you're down to support them and you're not trying to hide behind this level or like this disguise of perfection yeah. like i've stumbled so much publicly like my husband was literally saying to me the other day he's like a lot of your content is like the thing that you started and then you decided not to do that anymore and i was like Oh, yeah, shit, it is. But like, that's because I think then people recognize that and they can see that as something that they can do too. Yeah. Like, you don't have to stay stuck in the same thing if it doesn't feel aligned. Yeah. And also, you're ahead. Are you like, okay, this is the goal and then kind of set it and forget it? Or do you reverse engineer it? Or are you just kind of like, I'm heart driven. I'm going to go with the flow. Four weeks postpartum, I spoke at an event. And at that event, I was connecting with some women afterwards and I was unapologetically telling them that this was my milfy million dollar year. 
Meaning I wanted to become, I wanted to focus on my fitness and get way in better shape than I did before having nice. a baby. Cause after having a baby, I'm like, I can do anything yep. now. Um, I just feel stronger, like body wise. Yeah. And then number two, I was like, I want to show like women that I could have a million. I've never had a million dollar revenue year with the empower her brand, like solo. I was like, I want to have a million dollar year so I can show people you can get milky and you can become a millionaire or you can have a million dollar year. And then I realized afterwards, a couple weeks later, I was like, why did I create that goal? Is that an aligned goal? And am I willing to do the work that's required in order for me to get to that goal? And what I realized felt even more aligned was like, what if I created the idea that I take home 500 and I'm just telling you raw numbers is my actual goal. I was like, I'm taking home taking home and just the empower her brand, taking home $500,000 this year, but only working 25 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what feels more aligned for me is to figure out, because again, if we're thinking about one year ahead of me, I would love to have the skills before we try for number two, because we want to have two kids. It's like before we try for number two, I would love to have the skills and the belief that I can have a $700,000 revenue year. So that that way I take home 500, mm-hmm. right? $700,000 revenue year. And I only worked 25 hours a week because I do not currently have the belief that I can do that because I can't look to my past and say, yes. I've done it before because number one, I've never been a mom. And number two, I've never worked 25 hours a week in any capacity because I was obsessed with what I was doing. I was working all the time yes. and not in a burnout way, but like, it's just like, I didn't have another thing. Yeah, like I was that's just passionate what lit about you it. Up. And now you have two that's things what let me that up. light you up. Exactly. So honestly, the narrative that I'm even like thinking about like repositioning is like, I'm like, I kind of now I want to be an example instead of being this example of like, look, I got in really good shape and I earned a million dollars so you can do it too. It's like, but why? I'm like, wait, look, I learned how to build my business in 25 hours when I used to work 50 and I made the same revenue that I made last year. Like I want to do the same revenue as I did last year, which is why I picked that number, but I want to do it in 25 hours. So like my goals did change. So it's very tactical, but it's also like a very cool mind shift because also one of the things that I purposely did for this first couple months that I'm coming back to work is I have mom Mondays because I am an entrepreneur for the last nine years. And Mondays used to get me so hyped that I would like hit the ground running, like go mode. And instead I purposely, we don't have our nanny coming on Mondays because I'm like, let's see who you think you are when you're not straight out the gates on the starting of the week. And I think that will change eventually, to be honest with you. But for the next like two-ish months, I'm doing mom Mondays, which means like I'm committed because I want to feel uncomfortable with not being quote unquote productive. When in reality, one of the most productive things I can do is raise the next generation. But truly it's like, it feels uncomfortable to me to do that. And I'm like, Ooh, that means that you need to learn something oh, here. Oh, it's so. so good because really discomfort is the currency to our dreams. And if you're talking about growth, right? Like growth, 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 that sounds like a positive emotion. But in my experience, most of my growth actually feels like a negative vibration in my body when I'm in it. And then on yeah. the, what people really want to experience is pride that comes after the growth. Yes. Right? We want to experience the yes. pride, but you're not going to feel proud if you just did the same thing. You know that you're good at doing and you're always good at doing it. Right. And even yeah. doing more of it, I find is like you can't quite feel the same level of pride if you are just like, like I said too, like when I first hit 200K, which was like, I remember it was like a benchmark in my mind that I was like, I just yeah. want to hit 200K. I want to hit 200K. And once I hit it, my goal, like in my three-year plan, was to then do 500K and then do a million. The year that I hit 200K, I also had my second baby. So it was kind of like that yeah. milfy money. Like, you know, it's like that same type of thing. I was like, cool, I'm going to have, I'm going to birth a child and I'm going to make 200K. 
And then yeah. when I went to look at my next year's goal and I was like sitting down at it, I was just like, this doesn't excite me. Like even a making yeah. a million dollars, even though it feels inevitable and it's something I definitely want to do. It just yeah. wasn't the thing anymore. And yeah. I think that that yeah. might not be relatable to some people listening to the show. But it, yeah. hell yes, it will feel relatable to the people that have gotten into that place where like you've you've gotten to a place where you've proven to yourself. I know how to create revenue i know how to make money for everyone that's listening to the show like you want to get that skill under your belt of like i could lose everything and i could just create revenue with my brain that's amazing yeah. but then also yeah. the time component so then last year i decided right same thing i want to do a maintenance year in money like where i just make the same amount and i just want to work less i want to take my whole family to costa rica i want to like pull yeah. back quite a bit and i don't want my um my offers to stop running. So I hired other coaches for the first time. I like put in some infrastructure in there, which was, yeah. that was the growth. It was so uncomfortable. I had to remove my email app from my phone because I knew I was going to yeah. watch my assistant sending out the emails and be like, oh, <laughs> like she said it this way and I want to say it this way or whatever. And it was so uncomfortable. And then I knowing, actually, I, I did slightly less. I did slightly under 200K this year. Knowing that I always promise my audience that I'm going to email them all of my numbers and that I'm going to have to email. It would be like if you said you have this like thing that you're kind of trying to hide. You're like, oh, I refunded 100K. Once you say it yeah. out loud, you're like, I'm just free. I can yep. I can do anything. I can make all of the mistakes and then I could tell everyone about it and nobody yeah. dies. Yeah. Especially not me. And people actually want to work with you more. Yeah. <laughs> Like, because it's just like, it's real. And, and to your point, like you mentioned earlier, like in this like influencer space too, and like people that are building mm -hmm. online businesses, it's like, they're like, this is how I did a hundred K launch. But it's like, okay, but do you, are you having your marriage? What's your health yep. like? Do you get to be present with your kids? Do you have girlfriends? Do you, did you just do one launch that year? And that's what you are talking about over yeah. and over and yeah. over again. Right? Like we, we don't actually know. So it's like, I think your embodiment, like for anyone listening in, like find yourself in the story, like as we're giving numbers and stuff, find yourself in your personal mm -hmm. story. But also like the embodiment, like that is a goal too of like, how do I want to be as a human being? Like, and then how does that affect my marriage and my female friendships, my relationship with my mom, my relationship with my son? Like I want to be this like lit up person, which means I'm not going to create a goal that I'm not going to like the person that I am in pursuit of the goal. Cause if that, if I'm not gonna like that person, then the goal has to change. That's it. Because this is what is guaranteed is like the people that I spend my time with, like John C. Maxwell has a quote that says, success to me is when the people who know me the best love me the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like my husband and my son, those are the two people that I care the most about of what they think about me outside of what I think yeah. about me. Keisha, I'm just so grateful for this conversation. I know people are going to really resonate with not just your words, but like the season of life that you're in. It's really freaking hard and it's also <laughs> really amazing and I've been watching you you guys have to go over and follow Keisha and all the places and her podcast and her Instagram she's gonna tell you where in a second but I've been watching you talk about how like annoying it is that people always just talk about all the bad parts of this phase and it's so so refreshing I felt kind of the same way of like realistically I had a much different experience with postpartum with my son and my daughter and those experiences yeah. were just so different but in general I chose to decide to focus on all of the amazing parts of it yeah. and it's the same thing with 
all of the areas of life, right? With your business in whatever season, there's so much growth that can come from refunding 100K worth of programs <laughs> and just knowing that you could do that and have your own back and then rebuild in a completely different offer is that is power. Yeah. So thank yeah. you so much thank for coming you. on the show. Where can people find you if they want to get more of your spicy Marg life and your Lupa Throne <laughs> life? You guys will know what that means in a second. Uh, my podcast is called Empower Her. It's Monday, Thursday podcast. Um, and my husband, Sina, and I are also starting a real estate podcast soon here too, which is gonna be so fun. But my favorite social media platform is Instagram. You can find me at Keisha, get married, K-A-C-I-A. I have a really tricky name to spell, but it'll pop up. And just seriously, thank you so much. I love what you're all about just as a human being. So I'm so honored to be on your show and to get to chat with your community. So thank you so much for having yes, me. It's my pleasure. And I will just say too, for those of you who want to be one year from now, having conversations with people who when you have these conversations you get off and you just like explode into a notebook all of your ideas like how <laughs> I feel just after talking to Keisha every time I'm around you right like I just really do think what she said go back and re-listen to it about leveling the playing field and then doing you and really aligning like what matters to you and believing in your mission so hard I just believed that what I was doing was so so valuable that it was easy when Keisha said like okay submissions for speakers I was like oh hell yeah people would love this story like I didn't even think twice yeah. and yeah. at the same time I was just uh so grateful I love your community and I've I've really enjoyed uh meeting all of the people there as well thank you all so right, much girl, I appreciate go you girl and squeeze the milk out of your boobs and squeeze that little brody <laughs> and thank you so much for coming on we'll see you soon thank you so fun you guys have a good rest of your day and I'll talk to you guys all soon right, bye Cage. <laughs> 